Hello and welcome to PodShout. PodShout is a podcast series that will bring to you, our valued listeners, interviews covering a wide range of topics. We have three main channels, property and business. We will bring to you a range of conversations with some of this country's leading property experts and business leaders. Inspiring people. We will bring to you interviews with inspirational individuals from around the world who've achieved greatness and inspire others to do so. And finally, our third channel will be more of a philosophical set of podcasts about life, its challenges, and some of the views from our host Greg Sugar's upcoming book, Life in Twos. We hope you enjoy this series, which is available from wherever you get your favourite podcasts. You can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Podshout, and you can see what's coming up in future episodes. Or come and visit us at our website, www.podshout.com.au. Hello and welcome to Podshout. This week, we have a chat with Brett Clemenson. Brett's a recruitment expert who owns his own business, Alra, and he's engaged in the day-to-day efforts to match employers with employees. I thought it would be a great time to have a chat to Brett um, regarding what's going on in the employment markets, particularly given we're just moving through this COVID-driven recession, but more so um, to have a bit of a chat about some of the things that we might uh, be seeing with uh, millennials and some of the the ways that uh, employees are now looking at employers as a long-term prospect. Hope you enjoy our chat with Brett Clemenson. G'day, Brett. Welcome to Podshout. Thank you, Greg. Nice to be here. Um, I thought today we'd, uh, given your um, background as a recruitment specialist, have a bit of a chat about what's happening in the Australian jobs market, um, employment practices in general, and uh, cover off on a range of things around that, because I think uh, we've probably uh, come through a pretty unusual year. Mm. Yes, to say, the, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> I think if we all thought about what our business plan looked like at the start of 2020, it looked very different to the way it panned out with COVID. Um, I, I've just made the observation before we started today that um, this is my first face-to-face interview yes. on the podcast yes. for about six months. You're real. <laughs> I'm real. I've been locked in Melbourne um, and um, yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting one trying to do these on Zoom. Mm. Um, so... Look, we're in a well. I think we've just come out of the recession, te- technically. technically, but well, technically it, in one, we technically came out of one. Yeah, probably in my lifetime, that's the fastest in and out of a recession we've ever been. Yes. But um, uh, you know, obviously, one of the key things that we look at with the economic headlines at the moment is the unemployment rate. Mm. And um, you know, what are you what are you seeing out there in the marketplace? <clears throat> look, I think it's probably worth noting as well. I say before my my lens of observation. Um, is probably twofold. One, the markets we're recruiting, which is going to be the property side of things, engineering, construction, accounting, insolvency, and, and the high-end legal um, side of things. <clears throat> but then also my degree was economics. I do have a keen eye yeah. on, on sort of stuff. So look, in terms of unemployment, obviously it's it's up from where we want it to be. And yeah. you know, as an economic driver, that's that's probably where they don't want it. But I think it's a bit of a fault. My opinion is a bit of a false number. JobKeeper has done a wonderful Wonderful yeah, thing yeah. For, for supporting people in jobs, and obviously that's not registered in those numbers, but the people who are unemployed have got better benefits now than they would normally have. So from an economic perspective, it's probably a little bit of a false reading. Yeah, yeah, it's up. We've got to get that down, but the support is there at the moment. So I think from an economic perspective, it's 
it's not affecting the economy the way it should. Yeah, no, look, it's interesting. I think a lot of people think the government have actually done not a bad job in, in managing through this. Yeah, and you look mm. at some of the policy setters like the Reserve Bank, um, and I think that all the, all the indications are that they're fairly confident that we will mm. ride this through pretty quickly. Well, I think that the biggest indicator for us, um, sorry to jump in there, was, <clears throat> you know, we all have parachute markets. Yeah. Said before, we all have parachute markets um, in light with there's a GFC scenario or a big downturn. COVID was meant to be a big up that has been. Look, let's call it space. It's been a disaster. But at the same time, I think Australia's come out quite well. But for us, we, we expected that, okay, there's going to be certain markets that go quiet uh, from a recruitment perspective. And I think that's a really good litmus test for where those industries are. And then there's other markets that typically go up in yes. a recession. So, you know, institutional grade assets need to be valued more often um, mm. in my understanding when when the chips are down because we want to we want to get a blood test we really need to know what's going more on. often um, but look similarly insolvency is a big area that we recruit in and we've got good experts 15 years recruiting that space and mate it couldn't have been we couldn't have been more wrong and yes. they, we, so we got law law clients um, at the top end of town and they were gearing up with insolvency partners and practitioners yep. and restructuring guys um, and trying to get that ready to rock and roll because they thought this is going to be massive. But then two or three months in, the, the brakes just got pumped. And, you know, <clears throat> we made more money in insolvency last year. Than you did this year. Than we have this year. And, like, we keep quite a quite a big track of job rates on um, uh, on all of the markets we're recruiting. Insolvency went from about 120 out to nationally to about three. And it's still at three. Well, wait, wait till March next year when yeah. the JobKeeper finishes and you yes. might find it changes a not little to bit. Say, yes, not to say it won't come. No. But, uh, I think the difference this time, though, Brett, is that, um, and I'm old enough to remember, but if we go back to, say, 92, when we had our last proper recession, mm. interest rates were at 18%. So people actually couldn't hold on to their businesses or mm. their assets, where while interest rates are at such low rates, they're probably, you know, there's a little bit more cushioning there at the moment. So that, you know, from... Failing to pressing the eject buttons probably mm. uh, a little bit longer than it used to be. Yeah, I agree with that. So, I mean, we're, we're coming out of uh, the COVID situation. There's a bit more confidence. I see that uh, today Westpac's consumer confidence numbers were way up, um, mm. the highest they've been for a while. Um, what are you seeing as the hot markets for employment at the moment? And, and I suppose inversely, what's not hot at the moment? All right, big question. Um I'll start with saying that I actually don't think there was, other than the obvious contenders, tourism, uh, hospitality, and education. Yep. I think that were the three biggest hit. Um, take them out of the equation. There haven't been, it wasn't as abysmal as we thought in terms of the job opportunities. There's been jobs all year. Yes. Um, we've had similar amount of jobs across the board um, for, for, the, for the entirety of the year. Our issue has been getting people to leave. So as that consumer confidence index goes down, uh, people are less likely to move. So we had a lot of jobs yeah. just as it was happening, signed, sealed and delivered, and they all pulled the pin and said, I, I, understandably. And yeah, they, and they I, want I, their I job security. Said, I just said to all our staff, you just have to let that ride out because yep. there's nothing you're going to do to change their mind. Yeah. Um, and so that was our biggest difficulty. Jobs now, probably October, November, we really saw it, it shoot up in terms of job orders. And to answer your question, what are those hot areas? I think the first place to look is where the government stimulus is being spent. Yes. So <clears throat> one part of what we recruit for is environmental planning. Yep. Um, and that's probably one of the first guys to get um, a big influx of work because they've got to, like we all know, the government's saying we want construction to be a big pillar yes. of recovery. Yes. Um, and we bring 
projects for. We're going to fast track projects in. So, a lot of infrastructure. Yeah, so we're seeing, yeah, we're seeing the environmental planning side of things and anything around that. So town planning, um, any sort of planning, advisory, strategic, like that stuff's going. Um, so I think probably valuations, not the resi stuff, but maybe some of the insto side of things, if there's big transactions happening. Yes. You're starting to see that activity pick up again. Yep. Liquidity is back. There's, there's a lot of free cash running around. Um, Insolvency is still down. Yeah. Insolvency is still down. Accounting is picking back up. Law is definitely picking back up. Well, the family law in particular. Right? Family law, <laughs> unfortunately, has gone, yeah, has done what it normally does in a recession. Yeah. It's, it's gone through the roof. Yeah. So that's a I shame. think our inquiries are about 600% up on this time last year. 600% in that oh space. Goodness. I was going to say double, but that's yeah, huge. It's ridiculous. Um, and also, I mean, one of the things that my observation would be is that companies have become very tech reliant. So mm. um, we've learned this whole new thing, you know, this mm. whole Zoom, yeah. <laughs> Microsoft Teams. So the technology sector, would that, uh, have you seen a kick Look, up? The, the IT sector runs on, like if you're talking, <clears throat> like there's a lot of um, VC money in, in the IT side of things and that didn't really change because it was mostly committed funds around there. Right. The, 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 Call it the Nostradamus, like looking looking into the future. Um, I think that's where companies get a bit nervous when they can't see their future. They can't understand the terrain. Yeah, it's always that first three months of any big event like a COVID. So that first three months was just everyone holding their breath. Yes. Then the ones that did okay through that were a bit more confident going forward. I would say full confidence has come back um, from that hiring side of things. The transit, the transition. Talking about tech was really interesting to see with some of the old really old accounting firms who were yep. still pen and paper. Yeah. Uh, luckily, like a PRP, I'm not sure if you plug your business here, but you, you're already transformed. Like, yeah, that we were already... That wasn't an issue for you guys. Working from home was simple for us, yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, some of the look, some of the insolvency clients we had in accounting, they were freaking out. Yes. How are we going to get them to do work? Yeah. You, you know, it was, it was 10 years worth of future change rolled up into six months, and for yeah. a lot of companies that was really difficult. But I think coming out the back end, it's... A, it's only positive. Yes. So I think that where where companies were very reliant on saying, you know, you've got to be in the office five days a week because we need to see and hear you and feel you, I think that's going to change. We've, the common consensus amongst most companies and most people I speak to is that it'll fall back to it's accepted to do two days from home a week. Part two of today's Podshout interview will be coming up in just a minute. Podshout proudly supports one of the world's most celebrated children's charities, the Christina Noble Children's Foundation. CNCF is dedicated to serving the physical, medical, educational, emotional needs of vulnerable children. In the 30 years it's been operating so far, CNCF has assisted almost 1 million vulnerable, exploited, abused and at-risk children and their families. If you would like to help, please go to www.cncf.org forward slash donate. Now for part two of today's Podshout interview. Yeah, and that's really interesting. I mean, if you listen to um, people talking about productivity levels and things like that, uh, I think it is very reliant on what tech is available yeah. to. But, yeah. um, uh, you know, we look at it from a property perspective and say, okay, what, what does the future of a Sydney CBD office building look like if people are going to be working home two days a week? That, well, that means, you know, do we need 60% of the floor space we've currently got? And mm. what is the, how does that play out at the next lease renewal? And then how many uh, vacancies will there be moving forward? Will rents drop? So it, it's got a flow-through effect. But how are employers, you know, 
do they embrace this? You know, I mean, it's a, it's been a fact that they've had to work mm. with, and particularly where not where I'm from, from Melbourne. But you know, do you think companies will say, okay, this is the way it's going to be moving forward? Because there's still a cultural piece, isn't there? That if people aren't in an office. <clears throat> You know, they don't get – and you can't bounce ideas off your colleagues as easily. I agree. I, I, I believe that there is there is a best of both worlds that we can have. There, yeah. There's still people out there. Like I spoke to a lot of people in, when they were locked down at home and they wanted to move jobs, and I, I always try to understand why. What yeah. is your motivation? And if I can't find that, then I just – it's really hard for me to work for them because I just know that yeah. it's going to get really difficult at the end of, of the journey and they're not going to really know what they want. So I try to work out what that is early on. I had a lot of people who were at home and they're saying, I think I need to move jobs. I said, yeah, and this is, I'm talking about in Sydney, post, post-COVID, post we're allowed to go back to the office. When did you last go back to the office? Oh, I haven't been in for four months, five yeah. months. I'm like, okay, maybe you should start doing that because from what I'm hearing is you're lonely and you don't feel connected to what's yes. going on yes. and the, big, the greater picture. So to your point, yeah, I think there needs to be an experiential side to the to, to culture of your business. Yes. And I think I re, I'd actually be really curious to know what you think about what rents are going to do. Yeah. The natural the natural logic says you're going to shrink your, your footprint in those offices, but at the same time, is it? Like, well, it might just It might change, change to like a WeWork model where you've got this really amazing place where people come because they want to be there. Yes. Not because – and I think that's the difference. The relationship between the office and the individual is probably going to change. Like they're going to say – I kind of want to be there now because I know I worked from home for six months and I got to the end of it and went, I need to be back. You need to get back to the office. For everyone's sake. And I think that's a beautiful shift in dynamic because where people begrudgingly come to work, if they've got two days at home a week, um, obviously residential landscape is going to push out to to more, like if you're going from Sydney, it's okay to live in the central coast. Oh, absolutely. And we we are seeing the markets in those outer um, you know, tree change, sea change, suburbs, or someone called them um, to me the other day, exurbs. They call them the exterior suburbs. And, uh, yeah, and they're, they're really, um, uh, you know, those markets are really on fire at the moment mm. because people are saying, you know, I don't want to commute, you know, an hour and a half in the car every day. But hey, if I'm only going to do it two days a week, I can actually deal with that quite easily. Absolutely, I can sell my inner city property and I can go and live out there. I'll have some pocket money left over mm. when I sell my house and do the trade. Um, and you know, I'm going to have the best, mm. as you said, the best of both worlds. Mm. You use the word in there, connected connectedness, and that is, I think, the key to this whole work from home thing. Is mm. it's fine to work from home, but if you're not connected to your colleagues, um, it. You know, I think it is a, a, an experiment that will fail. And mm. I think um, I reckon we've seen a little bit of that with the way some offices have been set up where they hot desk and people are being indifferent. I think that's probably failed a little bit, that, mm. that experiment where people like to sit with the same teams every day and they people, build relationships. Humans are happy, creatures of habit. They like relationships. <clears> and <throat> if you're sitting next to a stranger every day, it's really hard. I mm. mean, it'd be great for me. I love talking to strangers. It's, you know, <laughs> it's very annoying. My wife says when I stop in an airport or something and just start talking to people randomly. But I think that, um, you know, not everyone's as comfortable to do that. No. Um, okay. Well, that's interesting. So one of the other things that's probably, it's a question I probably wanted to ask you for a long time. And, and I know it's actually my problem. Okay, I'll start I'm married, Greg. No, 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 no. <laughs> but it's it's um, the whole millennial. Uh, right. Maybe we don't call them millennials anyway. But the the latest generation coming through into the employment market. Oh, 
personally, I've felt for the last few years that every time I do an interview with a young person, I'm being interviewed. You <laughs> so, are. <laughs> you are. <laughs> and it's, it's trying to change the dynamic completely. Um, I mean, what do you think about that? Mate, I, li- I literally just came from another meeting and um, this very topic came up. <clears throat> um, the word, and I think you wrote it down, is impatience. Yes. And yeah. it's not, I can't, I don't think anyone can blame anyone for that. It's just the nature of everything is at their fingertips. I'll yeah. use the analogy of when we had to go and get a video. I would, when we had to go and get a video, we had to hop on our bike, yeah. go down to the video easy, yeah. go and pick it. Oh, it's not even out yet. Damn it, I'll come back tomorrow. Like, yeah. you know, oh, it's been rented. You had to, you built resilience, you built patience. And it definitely flowed through. Um, to the way we lived our lives because most of your wiring's done when you're a kid anyway. So your your brain is wired and follows you through for the rest of your life unless you go and interrupt that. That's a whole other story. This generation has Netflix. They've got everything on hand. They yep. can do whatever they want with a click of a button. Instantaneous. That, that is why you're feeling this impatience with, with young people. So if you are employing these young people and these graduates, I think graduates come out and uh, – they're a little bit more respectful for the fact that they've got a job. But once they've got a year's of experience, the ego gets exploded. They think they can run the joint. Yes. Um, I hadn't noticed that. No. And that's sarcasm. They need to see milestones. Yes. You know, the education system, I've got young kids and I've got young um, siblings as well, so I've kind of had this continuation of, through that system. It is more and more holding of their hand. Yes. More and more... Um, I guess less onus on them to have initiative. Yes. I love this story of my grandfather. He went to, I don't know what school he went to. It was a boys' school back in the day. They all felt private and whatever. Um, kind of held his hand in that school sense, probably more of a cane. Went to university and thought, this is great. No one's telling me what to do. No one's telling me where I have to be. Yeah. And, and just thought it was the best thing ever. So he failed all these subjects yeah. as a doctor. Yeah. And so he said, oh, you failed your subjects, you're off to the war. He said that was the biggest kick in the ass he's ever had. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so from that point on, and I think that, that's that whole generational logic there. Look, the, the generation this year, it's not their fault. Um, no, and someone once explained that to me, I can't expect anything different because they know no different. No. And, and that, no. So it's, it's me that needs to no. change. They need to, to answer your question, if you're employing them, they need a lot of structure and a lot of milestones. Yeah. And they need to be told they're doing well. Yes. And it sounds so stupid and no, pandering, no. No. but the reality is that's what they need to succeed yes. and you want them to succeed. And I think employers have a, a false idea that they're going to stick around for 10 years. They're not. They're, you know, they're getting told, and rightfully so, that they're probably going to stick around for two or three years and move on. And in the first 10 years, they're going to move four or five times um, because you got your Gary Vee's on podcast saying, fail and do everything you can possibly do before you're 30. And they all worship those guys and, you know, it's good advice. Is it the right advice? Maybe, maybe not. Yep. The reality is they're being fed the Instagram lifestyle and they all want to be influencers and they want to have it now. Yeah. So, and you're trying to lock them to it. Well, I'm, I, and I think we're also, as employers, we're trying to invest in their future. Yeah. And that's quite expensive to put the time in. And then at the end of that time, they say, thanks, you've taught me everything I need to know. Now I'm off to someone else or, or another career. Because, I, I mean, I, I read somewhere that um, – some of these young people will probably have seven careers mm. in their lifetime, mm. which is like for an old bloke like me, that's unheard that's, of. That's, absolutely. I mean, I'm a, I'm a career recruiter. I've been doing it for almost 15 years now. Yeah. And I can see I'm probably one of the last last ones to do that. Yeah. Like, there'll be pockets of it. Yes. I mean, the guy behind the camera here, he's changed, he's changed course a couple of times. Yeah. 
look, he's happier for it. You can't fault someone no, for no. doing that. No, it's, um, it's no fault, no. Yeah. It's, just, it's, very, it's an interesting observation. How do you tackle it? No idea. Yeah. Just, you just, uh, you ask them and they'll give you an answer and then you give them what they want and they'll still won't be happy. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we're just recruiting old people. Yeah. Yes. Um, what about some advice for, well, we'll do, well, let's do the employer side first. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think you touched on then, just set lots of milestones and goals for them. Um, and I suppose we don't need to just concentrate on millennials now. Um, if we're looking at the trends, what 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 you know, what are employees needing to do to get the best, you know, recruit the best talent? I think that people are getting savvy. I, online shopping, as much as it doesn't sound related, it really is. Have you ever bought anything online? Yeah. How do you shop online? Do you just see a product and buy it, or do you go, I want that? I'm thinking of getting that. No, Let me go it. and research. Just do you it. go and look at it? So my wife was telling me how she shops. So you know that 95% of people who shop online are female. Yeah. And 5% are male. I sort of noticed on the credit card statement. This yeah. month, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're in Sydney, Greg, I'm going to go shopping. That's right. <laughs> um, the way that women shop mostly is that they'll look, review, look for videos, da 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 and then they'll make their purchase. So they really try before they buy. Um, and I think the same can be said for uh, particularly younger people online, but I think that goes all the way through the – Okay. The, 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 um, the through now, yeah. like when I'm sending people on interview, it's go and see their website. You yes. know, they'll go and check out their LinkedIn. And if that stuff's not up to scratch, if yeah. it doesn't look glossy, it doesn't resonate with them, and it doesn't feel like they want to put their personal brand next to that, yep. then they're probably going to go the other way. Okay. And yeah. it's been, you know, within the valuation sector in the last five years, everyone's redone their websites and yes. everyone looks much better. Yeah. Um, but five years ago, you remember what they looked oh, like. Well, I remember well. They, 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 they weren't that great. And so, I think the number one thing would be make sure you, like as much as websites don't funnel much work to you these days or, or get your candidates, it is actually quite important for yeah, the experience. It's a sort of recruiting tool. Yeah, look, everyone, you know, 10, 15 years ago, no one had an online profile. But now no. they've got LinkedIn, Instagram, yeah. Facebook, and they curate that stuff. They make the best version of themselves. So companies should be doing the same. And if they don't align when, when the candidate's looking at, at job options, a lot of the times, like, they get a good gut feel about things. It's not just the people, but it's the whole package. Yes. And it comes back to what you're talking about with offices and what's going to happen in the CBD, that experiential element to the office where um, if they come in, they feel good about it. And, like, I've been to, say, for example, the link, like LinkedIn offices. Oh, my God, they've got a kitchen that's fully catered. And you walk in there, it's like, what do you want? Yes. And there's a chef. Unbelievable. Like, obviously, not everyone can afford that, but people want to be there. That's right. Yeah. People want to join. So, yeah, it's easy for those tech guys with deep pockets to, to provide that. But for, you know, your, your mum and dad companies with 10 staff, you've just got to get savvy. You yes. Know? Um, and then what about from the employee side? Would it be you know, tips going to to the uh, employer to meet them for the first time? For candidates? Like for people for candidates, the yeah. Flip that. That's same advice. Yeah. Make sure your LinkedIn is up to date and truthful. Like yes. even if you've got gaps, put them in there because you will get caught out. Yes. Um, and delete your Facebook pictures straight away. Um, <laughs> you know, I never look. That's that's you know, if they want to be an idiot on the weekend, they can be an idiot on the weekend. I think some people have. Been, I've heard people have been tripped up from yep. that, particularly yep. younger people, because they've got some pretty bad photos on there. So I can appreciate that. If yep. you're a graduate, absolutely take yes. those uni. You know, O week photos down. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, that's it. I think yeah. present like you want the job to. You yeah. know, some people go into jobs not quite sure and interviewing. You got to respect the fact that person's taking time to interview you. Yes. Um, always go, go to get that job. 
Yeah. And, oh, it's one of the questions I always ask is, have you been to our website and had a look what we do? Yeah. And if they say no, I already realise they're probably not that interested. We're not motivated, <laughs> so, obviously. It's, yeah. it's simple stuff. Yeah. yeah. It takes two minutes. Yeah, that's great, Brett. I think um, I think we've learned a lot today, and I, I thank you for joining the Pod Chat listeners because um, you know a lot of our listeners are employers, mm. uh, and obviously those that aren't are employees. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, yes. What you do in the recruiting sector, at some stage, everyone's going to get involved in that process. Mm. We, not many people have a job for life these days. That's a thing our grandparents talked about, and mm. they were very proud of. But we don't do that anymore. And obviously, as we've talked about, the millennials will be doing less and less of that. Uh, so, mm. um, thanks very much for your time. Thank you. Cheers. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Pod Shout. We look forward to bringing you more episodes in coming weeks. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pod Shout to find out what's coming up. Otherwise, visit our website www.podshout.com.au